is the Lawyer Kings podcast. This is a podcast of two lawyers attempting to spread some knowledge, a little bit of education, hopefully some interesting legal stories, a laugh or two, and something new about the legal system. We hope you enjoy this. This is for entertainment purposes only. We are not attempting to establish an attorney-client relationship, and nothing should be considered legal advice. If you'd like our full disclaimer, please come to our website at thelawyerkings.com. Today, we are going to talk about expungements. If you were here last week, you saw that we were fortunate enough to have Justin Brooks on the podcast. Dad, that was super awesome. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to him for the California Innocence Project. If you haven't had an opportunity to listen to that podcast, go back, take a listen. And so today I thought it would be appropriate to talk about expungements. Um, but we're always looking for new topics. So please, if you have anything that you'd like to say, I suppose good, bad, or ugly, <laughs> also guest opportunities or topic opportunities, questions, please email us at podcast at thelawyerkings.com. My name is Rachel King. I'm an attorney. I practice law in California and in Arizona. I own a law firm and primarily do estate planning, family law, some civil litigation, and real estate. I find myself in court quite a bit, but I also enjoy talking to clients and giving advice. Sometimes I've told people that the reason I became a lawyer was because I wanted to get paid to give advice, but I found that over the years I do like to do good and I like to help people. So that's a little bit about me, and we have my co-host, my dad, Patrick King. Go ahead, Dad, and tell us all about you. Hey, Rachel. Thanks so much. I love doing these podcasts with you, as I say, every week. And um, uh, I have a general civil litigation firm in um, the state capital of Nevada, which is Carson City. I've been practicing for a lot of years. And so I try to uh, I try to lend that experience uh, to Rachel and um, her youth and enthusiasm uh, motivates me and and uh, makes me want to do this podcast and become uh, more accustomed to our current century in terms of technology. <laughs> it's, it's really fun. But, um, you know, your topic for expungements is a good one. Um, we have, you know, it, it's weird. We have people, uh, as we talked about last week with our expert on um, the Innocence Project, we have people that um, are accused and in some cases, what what our guest was sharing is that sometimes they're accused wrongfully and actually prosecuted and found guilty when they should not have been, which is a frightening thought. Uh, thank goodness uh, for his work and the work of the people that volunteer and work with him. But um, what happens in my arena is I'll have people that um, have been uh charged with a crime and they'll they'll oftentimes tell me that they entered into some sort of a plea agreement with the prosecutor in other words instead of fighting the charge and perhaps not having any criminal conviction um they they took a plea and 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 pled guilty or no contest uh when they're when they come into my office and they're telling me and I shouldn't have, I should not have, which well, is you know kind of interesting. 
I find people don't know what no contest means. They think, oh, you don't have to, they're told, oh, you don't have to plead guilty. You'll just plead no contest. And I think for people going through the process, whether they've actually committed the crime or not, that sounds good. It's like, oh gosh, great. I'm not admitting guilt. Yeah. Well, but you are guys. No contest is just not necessarily admitting guilt, but saying, okay, I'm just not even going to defend myself. I'm, let's just move forward and yeah. and assume for the sake of this that I did it. That's well, t- well said. And as a matter of fact, it is a guilty plea. When you plead no contest, you are in fact being uh, pleading guilty to the charge. But what you're saying is um, don't use this criminal uh, conviction against me in a subsequent civil uh, lawsuit. And whether it's used against you in a civil lawsuit is a whole nother subject. But yeah, you're, you're kind of saying no contest. So when people plead no contest, basically, I like to explain it as you're basically telling the prosecution, the jury, the judge, whoever you're saying it to, the world, that, hey, I'm not contesting anything that the prosecution has said. Now let's move forward, right? <laughs> yeah, and you're, and, you're, and you're waiving all your rights, which the judge goes in uh, to great detail on. You're waiving your right to a trial, to be confronted by witnesses against you, to, to have the state prove its cases, to cross-examine witnesses. All the things you get to do, you're just saying, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to say I'm, I'm pleading, in essence, guilty. But, but in any case, getting to the expungement issue, uh, which I'm looking forward to hearing more about um, from you, Rachel, is is interesting because sometimes these people come into my office and they know that there is a process in Nevada since we don't have expungements in Nevada. We have record sealing. And and uh, it, I'm sure there's some significant overlap. And, and they tell me that I want to get my record sealed. Now, most most often, excuse me, most often they want to get their record sealed for some sort of a job. They want to get their record sealed for a job. Um, it can actually inhibit their ability to get employment. And they want to get their record sealed in some cases just because it happened so long ago. They don't think it should be on the record anymore. And they just want to take the steps to have it go away. Well, so many times we have these 18-year-olds, right? 18-year-olds who get a silly offense and now they're 45. And it's like, I mean, I, I made a mistake at 18, but I've lived a good life. I, I'll speak. I don't know if I should probably get clearance from my husband, but I'm not going to. <laughs> when he was like 18, he got arrested for fleeing a police officer. Not that you should do that, right? Uh, guys, it's against the law to do that. Um, but it's, it was a felony charge in the state that he was in. So at 18, he gets uh, doesn't pull over when he's supposed to get pulled over. He finally does because, you you know, if you've ever watched any of the car chases, they don't usually end well. Um, and he got arrested with a felony at 18. Fine sense. But, you know, at 40, it's like, man, I have a felony because I was a stupid 18-year-old. So. Well, you didn't finish the rest of the story. He was a kid on a dirt bike, a motorcycle, <laughs> out in the out in the boonies, and he just figured he could outrun the cops, which you can never do. Right, or, but, but it's or, those or the good rule of thumb is you can't. Um, but it's but those kind yes, of things, right? Just no reason. Exactly. Just, I was silly. I don't and want it, this. I don't really deserve this anymore. Yeah, and it, it it's um, I can tell you that in um, Nevada, when you get your record sealed. 
which is, you know, if it if it's granted, it has to be signed by a judge, turned into an order. The um, the you can then tell in response to any question about the charge, about that particular crime that was sealed, that it never happened. You, 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 in essence, can say I was not arrested, I was not charged, I did not, uh, you know, get convicted. Um, so it's 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 probably something that's uh, worth doing. But isn't it sad that somebody who's, like you said, 18, 19, 20 years old, uh, just fooling around, doing the kinds of things that kids do, they get a single uh, felony, and then it interferes with their rights. What, Rachel, what are some of the rights that you know people lose when they're actually convicted of a felony, when they do have that felony on their background? What are some of the impacts that you're aware of? Well, I'm guessing that, uh, especially in today's political climate, everybody that's listening is aware of a Second Amendment right. A Second Amendment right is your right to bear arms in the United States. It's a constitutionally given right. That means you can have a gun. In California, and I imagine in most states, uh, you are convicted of a felony. You lose the right to bear arms. So I get a lot of people that come in that want to own a gun. And here's the thing that I think is interesting. You can't own a gun if you have a felony and you own 110 acres in Montana and you need to protect your property from some coyotes and mountain lions. That's not an exception to the right to bear arms. You still can't do it. So that's a pretty big one that I think people want their rights restored. I know that it's have I've had clients come in because they have housing implications. They can't get the uh, they can't get uh, approved for some housing. I think one of the things, and then certainly employment. I think one of the things that California differs. Uh, maybe from Nevada, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Though is recently there was a law that was changed in California that prevents employers from inquiring into somebody's criminal history before making a conditional offer of employment. And then even after a conditional offer of employment is made, they can't deny because of a conviction um, unless they've made an individual assessment. So certainly, you know, if you have were committed or were found guilty of embezzlement and fraud and you're hired in a banking position and they find out after they may make that individual assessment and decide maybe you shouldn't be a banker with access to lots of money. But it does, I think, open up for more people to get second chances with employment. So I'm seeing less and less expungements for that. I do see expungements for people that are trying to get licenses for employment. So I want to be a paralegal and I'm having difficulty getting approved for that, or I want to get some kind California, you know, is dad, we, I think we're like the bureaucratic central, uh, central state. I, I don't know anything. You can't even have a job in California. I don't think without the government coming in and regulating it. So to get a license in California, I think a lot of people are getting expungements because even though you can get a job without disclosing it, you oftentimes have to disclose it on your license for the, the job in California. Um, I do think that it's important for, so in California, we do have expungements um, and you can apply. Not everybody qualifies, but just because it's expunged doesn't mean it goes away automatically. It still sits there. It just isn't maybe available for a background check. You don't have to disclose it for many things, but I think that's a little bit different 
than other states. I don't know. I don't. I only practice in California and Arizona, but that is good to know because um, people come in oftentimes and they say, "I want this to go away forever." Guys, especially in 2021, with all of the internet and technology, and it never goes away. Your criminal records never going away, ever, ever, ever. But an expungement or record sealing may help it be available or viewable by people. That's kind of what this idea. Correct. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In California, they some are and then some aren't. But then you know what's also interesting, Dad? I don't know if you knew this. I just learned this recently is that you can be permitted to vote in a state election but not federally on some of your criminal records. So, again, I'll use my husband as an example because he um, – I don't know because I will. <laughs> but he can – vote in the state California state elections and he can vote for president but he can't vote for certain things he can serve on um some juries but not all juries so I, I guess some people would say they want to keep their record because they get out of jury duty you do get out of jury duty if you have a felony isn't that interesting at 18 <laughs> at 18 he gets a, a felony for trying to elude the police on a motorcycle and yet he's able to serve in the military honorably with a with a secret clearance and all of these high with a top secret clearance. and so getting his record expunged uh, it ought to be a no-brainer, huh? Yeah, he uh, he he got a he got a jury summons. We both got jury summonses the other day. But he's such a great guy, and so I have in my office. Um, we've done a few record sealings, not many, but in the last couple of years, I think we've done three, and it's time-consuming because you have to get um, you have to submit fingerprint records. Uh, that have to be obtained, they have to be current. Uh, you got to get a background, uh, pretty much ensuring that the client hasn't committed any uh, subsequent offenses, because that would stop the uh, record sealing from taking place in Nevada. And and then in addition, um, you have to get uh, clearance from both the sheriff and the FBI, and and it's time sensitive. So you submit your your request, and there's a certain time limit that you have to get these responses in by once you filed. And understand that if somebody was trying to get uh, a job application done and they wanted the record sealed first, that it might be kind of difficult to get it done in a timely manner, at least in Nevada. As you've probably figured out, anybody that's listening, you have to go to the state of conviction. So like if you are arrested and charged in Nevada and then you come and move to California, you can't apply through California to be expunged of your Nevada record. The same would be true of California. You can live someplace and have a record in a different state. It's the state that you have the record from that has to go and expunge. You have to plead to that court, right? You can't. You're like, oh, well, now I live in California and California is so liberal and I'm going to tell them that I shouldn't have gotten arrested for smoking pot because marijuana is legal. Well, if it's still illegal in Ohio, you got to go and plead with Ohio or whatever. Yeah. So if you're applying for expungement 
really anywhere, but I can speak to California for a house for housing or jobs. And it's already on the horizon. You're currently looking for housing or you're currently looking for jobs and it's being affected by a criminal record. I would say forego it for this round. Keep going with the expungement, but have count on it being in effect for the next time you're looking for housing or the next time you're looking for a job. I did an expungement on uh, an individual who was older, um, not quite a senior, but almost there was kind of switching career paths and we needed to get a license and he needed to get clearance for a license for his new career path. And so we were able to go through. One of the things I think that is key for expungements in California, and again, I'm going to, without saying that I practice anywhere else, just I believe it's everywhere, is you have to expunge in order reverse order that you get them. So I'm going to give an example. If you have a felony um, for maybe grand theft, right? Grand theft right now in California is $950, I believe. That includes tax. So if you're going to steal, make sure that you steal less than $950, including tax. But um, (laughs) that's not a recommendation. That's just some ironic thing. Go back and listen to the podcast we have with... uh, (laughs) with the sheriffs, right, and the DA. So if you get a felony for grand theft and then you mind your P's and Q's and then you get a DUI, first time DUI, maybe it's a misdemeanor. Uh, And then you go down and you get um, a a possession, right? Uh, And that's also a misdemeanor in California. Not always, but we'll say you got a misdemeanor for possession. And then maybe you get a reckless driving. And now you want to go in and you want to apply for something that you can't have any felonies for. So you come into anybody's office or you do it yourself and you want to get your record expunged. You have to start with the the, um, infraction and you have to get the infraction taken care of. And then you have to get the misdemeanor for possession taken care of. And then you have to get a DUI taken care of. And then once you've gotten all of those things expunged, which I'll talk in a minute about how you handle the different infractions, misdemeanors, and felonies, at that point, you can go in and ask the court to handle the felony. And it kind of goes to what you said, Dad, which is you can't have any any more offenses. You're not eligible for expungement in California if you're currently charged with a criminal offense. So if you're currently pending, obviously the court's going to say you're not rehabilitated. That's that's one of the major things that they look at is are you rehabilitated? Um, so if you are currently charged with a criminal offense, you're not going to qualify for an expungement. If you're on probation for any criminal offense, you are not going to Uh, qualify for an expungement, or if you are currently serving a sentence for a criminal offense. I've also seen people who haven't paid their restitution denied for an expungement. So think about that. When you got your, you know, you're found guilty or you um, pled no contest, and then you, you served your time and you got out and you did everything great, but there was a fine, a restitution added on to your, your sentence, if you haven't paid that, you haven't actually completed everything you were supposed to do. And so you won't qualify um, oftentimes for an expungement unless your restitution is paid. Um, people also that won't qualify are certain sex crimes, kind of like Nevada, including children. But I say all that to say, so when we're looking at 
whether you can expunge a certain crime, you can't have any other one. So we have to go back and we have to kind of like knock these things off one at a time because then they don't exist. And now when the court looks at the next one, they're like, oh, yes, you're great. You haven't done anything since then. And then they'll slowly go back in time. And it is possible in California to knock them off till we finally get back to the, the one that we want to go away. I don't even know if that's possible in Nevada, is it? Um, yes, but one of the things um, in Nevada is um, there's reasons why they could be denied and the statutory length of time uh, since your case was closed, uh, if it hasn't been satisfied. There's a statute, NRS 179-245, that deals with that. In essence, crimes have statute of limitations, and in, and a quick uh, rule of thumb is that you have to wait until the statute of limitations is run on your particular uh, criminal case. Um, and then there's certain matters, Rachel, that I'm sure it's the same in California, but I'm not certain. Um, certain crimes uh, in Nevada cannot be sealed, and and they generally are crimes that involve uh, uh, crimes against children and um, also um, uh, a felony DUI, interestingly enough. A felony DUI uh, cannot be sealed. It's a process um, that is a little bit different than an expungement because my understanding is while we seal the record in, in Nevada and then a person can say I was not convicted, which I don't understand, but that's what they can say. They can, they can legally say, I have not been charged or convicted with any crime that was sealed. And uh, the crime itself uh, doesn't go away. My understanding is when you get the judge uh, to sign off on an expungement, that it, it's the crime itself uh, has actually gone away. Well, that's not how California handles it. But that is the, I think the, the Black Law Dictionary definition of expungement is that. But that is not how California works. We've kind of turned the term expungement and sealing the records to be um, interchangeable, almost. Um, in California, juvenile records are almost automatically sealed. So when I'm talking about expungements, I'm really talking more about adult records, adult criminal records. And before I get into kind of how to go about doing it, because I do want to give a quick rundown on that, sex offenses can sometimes be expunged. We have limitations on crimes against children. Uh, and certainly if that you are in that category, then you may want to talk to an attorney to see if you qualify. But even if you have a sex offense uh, expunged in California, Dad, you do not come off the sex offender list. So you still have to register as a sex offender. And I have had multiple people come into my office that have said, I you know, I was charged with indecent exposure and now I have to register as a sex offender. I want to get this um, expunged. You Great, but you can still, you'll still have to stay on the sex offender registry. That does an expungement for a sex offense does not relieve you of that requirement. Um, they should probably also tell people that when they're having them plead no contest, because I think that's probably one, <laughs> one of the biggest gripes I get about people with sex offenses is that they have to register. Um, I'm personally all for registering if you're a sex offender. I'm so sorry if you don't like that, but I want to know where the sex offenders are. As you've probably figured out, anybody that's listening, you have to go to the state of conviction. So like if you are 
arrested and charged in Nevada and then you come and move to California, you can't apply through California to be expunged of your Nevada record. The same would be true of California. You can live someplace and have a record in a different state. It's the state that you have the record from that has to go and expunge. You have to plead to that court, right? You can't be like, oh, well, now I live in California and California is so liberal and I'm going to tell them that I shouldn't have gotten arrested for smoking pot because marijuana is legal. Well, if it's still illegal in Ohio, you got to go and plead with Ohio or whatever um, the states may be. And then human trafficking, uh, gosh, that's a big one, especially in Southern California. Do you guys get a lot of information on human trafficking? I feel like it's always running through our news. Yes. And, you know, obviously uh, you hear more about uh, trafficking and prostitution in Las Vegas uh, or in our city of Reno. Uh, There are special task forces uh, now uh, that the sheriff's departments have. I think they coordinate with almost every other uh, federal law enforcement agency uh, to cut back on uh, trafficking, human trafficking. It is such a horrible circumstance. And yet um, we're one of the few states where in Lyon County, Nevada, um, there are uh, legal uh, houses of prostitution. Prostitution's legal. Of course, it's regulated, uh, but but there's actually... Uh, uh, places you can go and pay a prostitute legally to have sex. That's a little different. But but I got to tell you, I, I've often thought I enjoy very much being a lawyer. But if I could, if I could make a living stomping out uh, the people that abuse uh, children and put them into sex trafficking, I, I think that would be so rewarding. I, I would probably... Uh, I would probably step over the line in terms of enforcement uh, against these <laughs> well, guys. You go into enforcement. I might, I might want to be the judge, jury, and executioner, yeah. as they say. But, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that feel that way. But uh, the idea that that it goes on uh, uh, so blatantly, um, and and now that we have these, you hear about our open border and the cartels yeah. uh, uh, bringing. Uh, children over and putting them immediately into harm's way. It, it is frightening. So, so that you can't, but you can't, you can't seal your record. You can't seal your record or I'm sure get an expungement for the purpose of, for some nefarious purpose. In other words, to hide from your past conduct. I want to talk about human trafficking real quick. Um, cause this, you could also do, you could do this if you're into protecting kids, there is an actual law in California. I can't remember what it's called. I should look it up. Um, and Nevada might have it. I think California was one of the only States that didn't happen. We recently got it where if you are the victim of human trafficking and that could be labor trafficking or sex trafficking, and because of what you did as a, as a victim, you have extra crimes, right? So maybe you were a sex trafficker and because of, your, your involvement in that. You also have arrests for prostitution. You have arrests for uh, possession. You have some of these other crimes. You can actually go in California and apply to have all of those completely gone away because the idea and the policy behind it, and very few people know about this, and actually very few lawyers in California know about this, 
the, uh, pol- the policy behind it is, well, you were trafficked, you're a victim, it's totally illegal. And but for the fact that you were a victim, you would not have gotten arrested for prostitution or for uh, possession or sales or whatever. So if so we have a whole nother process. It's not really expungement, but there is a way to completely get rid of all of the crimes, have them completely done if you are the victim of a human trafficking. And they're always looking for lawyers, Dad, to help with it. <laughs> I'm going to have to research that in Nevada because if that law uh, exists and and there was a way to find the victims, uh, it's one of the areas that I would do pro bono work on. I, I think I'll put be- you in touch with somebody. Yeah. I, have a, I have a contact for okay, you. Okay, good. Thanks, Rachel. Um, okay, but let's get back to, to expungements. I just thought that was interesting because I didn't know that and I learned it and I thought that is... That's good, and I think it's fair. Um, so, how do you do this in Nevada? How does somebody? How does one seal their records? What is? What do they have to do? What's their steps? Well, it's really easy. They come into my office. They make an appointment. We discuss whether or not they fit the criteria. Uh, we can do an interview to determine uh, what what it is that the offense was. Whether or not. Uh, we can determine right there in moments whether or not they fit the general time frame and if we think we're going to be successful. And then um, and then the good news, it's paperwork driven. So um, I turn it over to my assistant, Jane, and have her work with the client to make sure all the forms are properly filled out and submitted, fees paid, fingerprints are obtained. And then we we do the filing. Uh, we do create a court order for the judge to sign. Um, and in from a from a legal standpoint, I I don't think it it takes a great deal of my time. Uh, I'm thinking that um, the last two I did. Uh, I'm thinking that in terms of my legal time, it might have been three or four hours, and then maybe. Uh, maybe an equal amount of time for my legal secretary. And that was it. There wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't uh, like going to trial. I didn't have disputes where I had to fight for it or, or go, uh, I didn't have to go to a hearing, for instance. And so I think given that, um, it, it's, it, not, it wasn't that expensive for the clients. I, I could be mistaken, but I'm thinking it was a, literally a $1,500 or $2,000 proposition. Might have been slightly more, uh, but I think it was in that ballpark. That's awesome. So what, I mean, there's tons of ways to seal a record. If you expun- if you Google like expungements in California, you are going to be inundated with ways to do it. Um, some of the preliminary information that I ask clients to have is, before we even get started, because there's just, again, some things that can work, some that aren't, is I ask for a case number, a date of conviction, or a date of uh, arrest if not convicted, the code section of the conviction, and the county where they were convicted. All of this can be on found on the rap sheet. So if they don't have the rap sheet or I have clients that say, I don't know what you're talking about. It was so long ago. I don't know where to find it. I send them on their way to go and order a rap sheet from the court so that we can get all of that information um, and then I go through some basic questions like, are you still on parole? Have you paid your restitution? Have you been arrested previously? 
uh, or subsequently and and kind of go through that. I also, I don't think this is necessary, Dad, but I also like to ask clients right at the beginning what they have done. Because when I do expungements, I really like to, again, I don't know if it's necessary, but I really like to show the court what stand-up people they have become. So are you volunteering? Are you gainfully employed? Tell me, I like to get to know my clients to find out how they are so that we can kind of plead on the, you know, judges are people. And if they can see, you know, especially criminal judges, right? I've never met a criminal court judge who didn't sentence for the purposes of hoping that somebody would be um, rehabilitated, right? I'm sure there are judges out there that don't do that, but really all of the judges that I've ever witnessed in criminal court sentence thinking, okay, this is, I'm going to do this with the hopes that you are going to learn from it and not come back. And so when we do the expungements, I really try and play on that, that look, this person committed a crime, they served their time, they did it, and look what great people they are. It worked. Your sentencing worked. Um, And so I like to find out what they're doing. Uh, There's little nuances in California, like for if you were selling on the sidewalk uh, for like selling goods, it might have to be handled. Marijuana convictions are handled a little differently just because of the laws. And again, I don't agree with it necessarily, but if you were have a charge now that was is legal now but was illegal at the time that you do it we might be able to handle it a little differently i'm personally of the belief that if it was illegal at the time you committed a crime at the time you knew you were breaking the law at the time but that's i guess another day um and then whether it's an infraction a misdemeanor again we can find all of that on the rap sheet infractions can be handled one way um infractions can even just be a moving violation. I think a lot of people don't know that, right? But an infraction is oftentimes a moving violation, and we can get those to go away. We can clean up misdemeanor convictions. Uh, We can clean up felony convictions. Once I have the basic information, it's the same as Nevada. I think it's it's the same in Arizona, too. It's applications where we fill out a whole bunch of paper. We plead with the court, tell them how great you are. And then we ask that they they seal it and they restore your rights. So we want the voting rights. We want the Second Amendment rights. We want all of these different things to happen. Um, I would say if you're a non-citizen, which is something that I get a lot, maybe you do now too with the open borders. Non-citizens, I will not do an expungement unless they've already retained an immigration attorney and I can talk to the immigration attorney at the same time that I'm doing the expungement because I don't like to uh, take, I shouldn't say non-citizens, I should say individuals that are not lawfully in the United States. Um, and, And then I guess depending on the visa and the green card issue, I think it's really important when you're dealing with crimes for somebody that's not a citizen of the United States to make sure that how you handle that, especially voluntarily going back into the court system, uh, doesn't affect any of their immigration status. So I've been most successful with um, expungements where we've shown why they needed to be done. So, Your Honor, please expunge this record because it's going to help this person do X, Y, and Z that they like that. Right. I find the judge. Yeah, that makes sense. 
connection. I, I have talked to a few parents of uh, individuals that are incarcerated and they've wanted to know about the expungement process, even though they don't, their family member doesn't qualify. I've talked to people that are currently going through parole that were released recently released from jail or from prison to talk about the expungement process. Again, no, they knowing full well that they are not going to qualify right now, but finding out what they can do to qualify for expungement in the future. Kind of like if you're going to apply for a housing loan, like a mortgage, you maybe talk to your banker and say, what do you need? What do I do to be able to qualify for this house loan? I've talked to individuals who have said, what am I, I don't want, I want to expunge my record at some point. What can I do to make sure that I'm on the process when the time comes, maybe in Nevada for the statute of limitations, when that time comes, I'm all ready. I can submit my paperwork. So I talk to clients about that too. Yeah. And then from my perspective, and I'm sure my office is different than others, but um, if somebody is a bad guy, in other words, a habitual criminal or I know that's a legal term, but if, if somebody's as one of these guys that commits a lot of crimes, quite can- not rehabilitated. <laughs> yeah, quite candidly, I don't care if he's eligible or not. I'm not going to help him try to get his record sealed or expunged. I'm just not going to. I, I want to believe that the person that I'm helping is deserving of having his record expunged and, and or sealed, as, as they say in Nevada. And I think... Uh, Rachel, that there's probably a lot of reasons for getting a record seal that you and I haven't touched on. Uh, an example would be um, you're you're happily married. It doesn't last. You're going to go through a divorce process. And in the complaint that's being filed with the court, your now soon-to-be ex-spouse uh, uh, refers to you as a prior felon, as a felon. And, and, and now you're labeled as a felon and maybe it happened 20 years ago and it was, and it was, uh, but if you did get your record sealed, then it seems to me that they would be prohibited from calling you a felon Yeah. because of that, that, that was not sealed. And so, um, I can think of a lot of reasons why, why, uh, somebody should avail themselves of that. It's like, if you can get your record sealed. Or in California, if you can get your record expunged, why in the world wouldn't you, other than the money? And and then one of the things that maybe we can talk on later, because I don't think either one of us would know, have given it much thought, but is there any consequence to making an application to get your record expunged or sealed and having that application denied? In other words, is like, do there, they do, is, do they see it anywhere? Does it does it add insult to injury? Like now, I've just brought it up. Nobody's thought about it. Now it's going to be in the paper. That that's why that I might... don't do non citizens without talking to an immigration attorney because, especially if they are undocumented in the United States, I'm not going to start reminding everybody that you know you were a felon before and you're still here. We're not going to do that unless yeah. I talk to an immigration attorney and make sure I don't uh, screw you. But I, so that's one of the reasons that I like to talk to people and get their stories. I do like to put the story in front of the judge and explain why my client is deserving of an expungement. But I also want to help the people that deserve to be helped. I first of all, don't know that 
again, habitual criminal is a term of art. So I'm not using it in that context. I'm using it more as a lay, uh, lay person, right? That's also a legal term of art. So we lawyers um, <laughs> <laughs> call everybody that's not a lawyer, a lay person. But um, so I don't know that an expungement would work very well on somebody who was a, a criminal that continued to commit crimes because you can probably only do it one time. I imagine that the court would get hip to this idea that they expunged your record and then you went and did it again and then they expunged it and then you did it again. I also, I don't, I'm not prepared to answer this yeah. question at all, but I would be interested to see from a DA standpoint, what happens if a record is sealed or sealed or expunged and then this, especially because we've got this big issue with the three strikes, right? And then um, they get another felony, for example. What if we get two felonies expunged and then they get the third felony? Do they get, obviously they can't fall under the three strikes because it's been expunged. Um, Obviously you can't, if they expunge two felonies and you commit another one, they can't get you on the third strike because you've expunged them. But are they harder then? Like, can the court find them and see them and say like, your problem. I have no idea. I don't know the answers to those questions. When we have a, a DA guest on next, uh, that's a good question that I'm going to ask him because I think one of the things that's uh, not fair in our criminal justice system is somebody um, is given leniency because it's considered their first offense. But in reality, if their prior offenses were cut down from serious to misdemeanors or were... Um, plea bargained away, um, then then they shouldn't benefit by by the idea that they haven't offended before because they have. So I agree with you. Probably if somebody's record's expunged and then they offend again, there must be a way for the court to know that in a in a criminal um, pre-sentence report. Uh, but I don't know. So it'll be interesting to ask a DA that. Yeah, I have. I don't know. We'll have to get a DA this time from your side of town. Yeah, we'll do that. I'll get uh, one of our DAs. We have some good ones. With that, I think, you know, there's a lot that we could say about expungements. And at the same time, without we don't want to overcomplicate them too much, I would say. Um, if you or somebody you know has a record, uh, also to all of the businesses out there that give jobs to people with prior records, I commend you. And I work with a lot of those companies, too, if reach out to an attorney, do a Google search, find somebody that does expungements and learn about it and see if you qualify and and look into it. It's not a bad thing. Information, knowledge is power, right? Um, with that, Dad, I think this is, I don't know if you know this, <laughs> but we have a, my firm has a website called get-expunged.com. It's currently under construction, but we are going to be holding an expungement clinic in February. Um, We're looking to do them either twice a year or quarterly, depending on how they go. And they're going to be, uh, the signups will be on the website at get-expunged.com. And uh, we're going to help people. Everybody has to be, they're going to be pre-vetted to make sure they qualify. And we're going to help people get their records expunged. Um, We're hopefully going to be partnering with some of the local attorneys around here. uh, And I know Pot Brothers at Law said that they would help out and some other places. So we're going to do that. For everybody that's listening, 
If you want more information on the expungement clinic, again, you can visit the website get-expunge.com or you can email recordclearing at get-expunge.com. And dad, if you want to participate, I don't do Nevada, so I'd love for you to participate in our expungement clinics as well. Sure. Yeah, thank you. And anybody that's interested in contacting um, my office or me in Nevada, they can just check my website, which is king at kingandrussolaw.com. And for that, that's expungement. Um, Again, I want to thank Justin Brooks for telling us all about the Innocence Project. I did go on to Hulu and I watched Brian Banks and it was an amazing movie. So uh, if you haven't had an opportunity opportunity to see that movie, go out and see it. It's based on a true story. It was super fun. And then also listen to the podcast because he gives a little explanation from the real life story that's not Hollywooded up. Uh, And of course, I want everybody to know that our full disclaimer is on our website. You can follow me at The Lawyer King on all of the socials. You can find me at my webpage for my law firm, www.thelawyerking.com. We're always here to answer any of your questions. Um, And lastly, just because I think it's fun because we've talked about her before, Britney Spears is getting some of her um, powers back, Dad. And I know that you've always told me to be careful of social media and you're wary of social media. And one of the most ironic things I thought you would get you would appreciate is as soon as she gets her powers, (laughs) her control of her social media back, she starts posting like totally inappropriate social media I I guess that's freedom of speech, right? (laughs) Well, you know, today, Rachel, is Halloween. I know. Happy Halloween. Thank you. Happy Halloween. And it's not dark here yet, but it's going to be dark soon. And I would just uh, remind everybody to be very careful of their kids and cars and to be safe. Yes. And uh, I'm going to go light the jack-o'-lanterns. Are you passing out candy? Yes, we have candy. We're we're in kind of a hilly neighborhood, so we don't get that many trick-or-treaters. I think it's a little hard for them to walk uh, up these steep streets from house to house, so they tend to go down into the valley more, but hopefully we'll get some trick-or-treaters. I, uh, Halloween's always been a fun uh, fun memory for me, and, and I loved uh, seeing you in your little costumes going from house to house, so I hope that you and your children enjoy it today, my grandkids. Yes, we are. We live, um, you know, our houses are super far away because everybody lives on acreage. So the community, I guess the mountain community is putting on a trunk or treat. Last year they canceled it because of COVID. So this year is the first year that we're going to be participating on it, in it. But I guess somebody's house they have like 15 acres and all of the all of the residences are bring we're all bringing our tr- our cars onto this 15 acre property and parking it and all the little kids are going to trick or treat oh, there. Wow. That's wonderful. Which That's is great. Good because I can tell you my kids would make it to like the next house and then they would be done. They'd be like, yeah. this is too far. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> that's a great idea. That's great. So that's what we're doing. Well, but I hope you have a really happy Halloween and I love you. I love you too, and I will talk to you next week. This podcast is hosted by attorneys Rachel King and Patrick King and edited by Jeff Pack. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast on your favorite podcast apps. Sign up for our newsletter and visit us at our website at thelawyerkings.com.
As always, we have legal disclaimers. Nothing in this episode should be considered legal advice and nothing establishes an attorney-client relationship. All the information provided in this podcast is provided for general information purposes only and may not reflect the current law in your jurisdiction. By listening to our episode, you understand that there is no attorney-client relationship between you and the Lawyer Kings or Rachel King or Patrick King and the podcast publisher. No information contained in the episode should be construed as legal advice from Rachel King or King Law Firm or any of the firms associated with Rachel King or Patrick King or its guests, and none of it is intended to be a substitute for legal counsel or any subject matter. No listener of this episode should act or refrain from acting on the basis of any information included or accessible through this episode without seeking appropriate legal or other professional advice on the particular facts and circumstances at issue from a lawyer licensed in the recipient's state, country, or other appropriate legal licensing jurisdiction.